Now, the book of Romans teaches that the most fundamental problem in the universe is that God's human creatures, that's all of us, have sinned and fallen short of his glory and are now condemned under the omnipotent wrath of God. There is the problem of our condition called sin. There is the problem of its consequences called wrath. Another way to start it is that there is real guilt on every person because of sin. And there is real condemnation over every person because the judge and maker of the universe is just and holy. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the program. I'm Neil Parks. We've started off 2024 last week with our study in the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 1. Now, this is where the Apostle Paul is defining his position with God as a bond servant. I indicated last week that there are three phases to verse 1. The first phase is bond servant of Christ Jesus, whereas the second phase is he's called to be an apostle. So, for every phrase here, there's somebody else involved here. He was bought and belongs to another. He was called by another. And he was set apart by another. Well, who is this other? It's God in Christ. He's the main actor here in verse 1. We're not dealing here with the work of a man. We're dealing here with the work of God in a man. But what does the apostle mean? To be an apostle, you had to be, have seen the risen Christ with your own eyes so that you could be an authoritative, authentic, first-hand witness. That's the first qualification. The second qualification is that you had to have been commissioned by Christ to be an authoritative spokesman and a representative on his behalf. That's what it meant to be an apostle, and Paul claimed to be that. Now look in 1 Corinthians 15, 7. uh, He, Paul says, Jesus appeared to James, then to all the apostles, but last of all as To one untimely born, he appeared also to me, Paul. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. Now, what Jesus did, breaking into Paul's life on the Damascus Road, standing forth and revealing himself in glory, was to enable him to join the Twelve and to be a latecomer in the apostolic band. 
He called himself one born out of season, Paul did. Then in Acts 26.16, it describes the commission. Jesus says to him, I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and witness to the things in which you have seen in me and to those in which I will appear to you. Then, on the basis of seeing and the commissioning, Paul teaches that he and the other apostles are, get this, the foundation of the church in Ephesians 2.20. The church was founded on the apostles and the prophets. Now, if we ask today if the apostles, quote, are the foundation of the church, where are they? Where's the foundation today? The answer is right here in the book, especially Romans. The apostolic deposit was left behind, and they died. That is not a repeatable office. That authoritative seeing of Christ, being commissioned by Christ, speaking his authoritative word so that the church would be built on a rock. That's over. And now we stand here as a church on the same foundation. Now, my friends, a foundation is not torn down to rebuild upon. So, the third phase, says Paul, was not only bought, made a slave, owned, and ruled, and not only was he called to be an apostle, but he was also set apart for the gospel of God. Now, when did that happen? When was Paul set apart for the gospel of God? He answers that question in Galatians 1.15, like this, Paul speaking, But when he who had set me apart before I was born, and who called me by his grace— So Paul is saying that he was set apart from the time before he was born. Now that's amazing. You know why that's amazing? Because the detour between the setting apart and the Damascus Road is horrendous, isn't it? He's a murderer. He's a hater of Christians. He's a persecutor of the church. That's the man set apart for the gospel before he was born. Which means that right here in verse 1 of Romans, we're already smack up against Romans 11.33, the climax of the whole book. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments, and how profound his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor? Or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen.
So when you see something like that, you put your hand on your mouth and think, God, what were you up to? Was it that you lost control of Paul? As if you were wringing your hands and saying, Oh no, what is becoming of the one I have set apart for the gospel? Or instead, were you loosening his leash, maybe, and permitting this man, for holy purposes, to walk into being the chief sinner? Well, Paul gives the answer to that in 1 Timothy 1, verse 16. Here he says, But I receive mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. Now, he did it for you this morning. For all you sinners who feel like you have done so much bad, and it has been so long that nobody ever, especially God in his holiness, could ever forgive you. That's why God let him go. You see, he did it so that when he chose him on the Damascus road, it would be plain to all that he was willing to choose somebody like that, who for perhaps 30 or 40 years hated what he stood for. And that is, it all came to a climax in Paul's rage against his people where he threw men and women in prison in Jerusalem and hated his name. That's who God chose to spearhead the Gentile mission. Do you get it? Do you get Romans? Do you get the gospel? Verse 1 is about the gospel. It's about mercy. It's about sovereign, free grace. I say, Let's pray. O Lord, Father in heaven, you are so magnificent, and what you do is incomprehensible at times. Father God, none of us, none of us deserve you. But because you love us, you went to Calvary to pay our debt that anyone who would confess you would be forgiven. And that's grace in the utmost. Lord Jesus, Paul was no different than anybody else. And because he chose to surrender, God used him. Every listener today, I hope you realize and understand that you have a gifting And God is ready to help you use that gifting. And when we withhold our gifting, it breaks his heart and it robs him of his joy. So, Father God, we just come before you humbly today, asking forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen.
and amen. Well, it's so good to be with you today. And God bless each and every one of you. I'm Neil Parks. <laughs>